they're world famous in Perth. And they've just popped in for a cuppa and a chat. Welcome to Katie Lamb's Perthanalities. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Katie Lamb. This is Personalities, the podcast, episode eight. Now, so far, I've interviewed social media stars, ex-AFL legends, a private investigator, just to name a few. But today's personality brings something a little bit different to the table, from DJing to comedy to being awarded Western Australia's local hero just last year and being a TED speaker this year. His name is Craig Hollywood. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's, a, it's an absolute honour. I, I saw a video recently online of uh, Andrew Embley. Um, he, he couldn't get a Guernsey to be on this. No. On, on. I mean, he, he wants to be on it. He continues to say, oh, uh, are you going to ask me like to be the next episode? And I was just like, well, I've got some people lined up, so uh, preferably not. Look, it's, uh, it's <laughs> such an honour. <laughs> hey, um, quite a long list of things you've achieved and awards won, but let's wind the clock back to sort of where it all started and, and where things sort of kicked off for you. I started a charity called Short Back and Sidewalks in a car park in Perth in 2015. Right. The charity itself is uh, an organisation that provides free haircuts to people experiencing homelessness and poverty. And I have uh, had a close family member who um, passed away as a result of someone who experienced poverty and homelessness. And and it's always just been something that has meant a lot to me. And, Mm. And I guess the fire of empathy burns inside me and, and that's what kind of made me start it. So from then, from the, the start, which was in 2015 to, to now in 2023, which is just, it's gone a lot bigger than what I expected. And <laughs> really? I'm not a hairdresser or a barber. I'm, I cannot cut people's hair. <laughs> so we get, uh, we get a lot of, uh, you know, not only in Perth, we operate in Perth, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide. And yeah, it's just gone from strength to strength. But just an idea that I had when I was having a haircut and, and, and it just went from there. So you say you didn't expect it to get as big as it did. What was your vision then for it at first? Just to help, like, one person. Right. That was about it. <laughs> and you've accidentally helped heaps of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it's just struck a nerve, hey. Like, um, it's, it's, it's fascinating because it's a service that doesn't or didn't really exist. And I didn't really realise that at the time, so... A lot of, you know, homelessness and services that help people experiencing homelessness and poverty, primarily looking from the perspective of shelter, clothing, food, definitely not appearance. And your appearance, when you think about it, is so important. And it's not only first impressions, but the way that you feel about yourself and, you know, all the listeners who are listening in at the moment, you think about it when you've had a, a fresh haircut. Mm. And I think hairdressers and barbers are the accidental counsellors of society. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, I'm getting my hair done next Wednesday. I can't bloody wait. Yeah, well, you talk about things that you might not necessarily talk about. It's not just about the haircut. It's about, like, getting another opinion or maybe, like, a, a cheaper form of counselling. Yeah. Which, in our case, is just completely free. So. Yes. It's so true as well because every time I go to my hairdressers, I speak to things to her, shout out Leah if you're listening from Headstrong in Subi, but her and I speak to each other about things I don't even speak to my close friends about. It's, it opens up a whole different kind of genre of conversation. Absolutely. Which is so much fun. So I guess you sort of have uh, opened up that as well to people in need. Yeah, and, and also just the hairdressers and barbers themselves because a lot of the stories they've told us over the years, it's kind of given them an opportunity to 
I guess, be hum- like more humble, but, mm. but also just learning about people in general and the fact that, unfortunately, there's a stigma attached to people in need and, and, and people experiencing homelessness. And, and I think it really smashes the stigma because a lot of the volunteers will come back with stories like, I was cutting someone's hair today who had like a, a really successful business, you know, and they've fallen on hard times. I spoke to someone earlier on who was like a data engineer, who was a, a lecturer at university. It's, yeah, it's just a really powerful thing. And I think the service, a haircut, is like, it's a really intimate service mm. as well because it's like touch and there's people touching your face and your hair and your head. And yeah, and I guess it just ticks a lot of boxes. And, and, and it's been an amazing journey, I guess, like to see that that service that didn't exist now exists and, and, and here we are. You're so right. There is a stereotype, I guess, when people think of homeless people, they think of, you know, uh, people who have never had a job or come from a bad family, potentially addiction. So I guess you're sort of breaking that stereotype with some of the people that you have come across. Are you able to say, I don't know, some of their stories? Yeah, exactly. Look, one of, the, one of our clients, um, I remember one day I got my phone went it was someone from a service provider that we we operate at in Perth, and she was like, "Oh, look, we we were Michael had his hair cut today, and he wanted to let you know something." And he was having his hair cut, and someone had called him. A volunteer of Shortback and Sidewalks had called him Sir, and they they said like, "How would you like your hair today, Sir?" And it yeah. was it was like the very very first time that Michael had been referred to in the gender that he now identified in like, right. ha- having having transitioned. And it was like a massive pillar in his his moment, you know, and, and he knew that the, the volunteer didn't know about his journey and, and it was the first time that he really felt himself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and since then, Michael's went on to, you know, get permanent accommodation, got a job and, and things like that. And it's just, Shortback and Sidewalks isn't claiming to end homelessness or poverty but it's like a conduit maybe that might start a conversation that could help someone 100% and it's just it's stories like that even just yeah the volunteers they've like their their own mental health improved um as a result of that so it's just like a boomerang effect really I guess as well when you feel like you are helping whether it's one person or hundreds of people that if anything is even a bigger reward for yourself to know that you're actually making a difference. Yeah, and with a haircut as well, it's like such an instant thing. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> twenty minutes before you might have been looking one way, and then now you're looking a completely different way. And then we we see people who have haircuts; they you know walk out of where we are, and they're like strutting up and down St George's Terrace, and just, <laughs> you know, like just on top of the world. That's amazing. So for anybody who wants to, I don't know, get involved or may know somebody who would want to point to the direction, how do people get involved in that? Just head to the website, shortbackandsidewalks.com. We're always looking for new volunteers. Mm-hmm. We're particularly looking for hairdressers and barbers. But, you know, if that's not your skill set, we're, we've got so many different skilled volunteers that are all across the country now. And that's another aspect of, of Shortback and Sidewalks, which has really revolutionized what a charity can be. It's Granted, it needs money, it needs sustainability, but realistically, the combination of people's skills, whether it be in radio, whether it be in marketing or broadcasting or, you know, we've got environmental scientists, architects, people that have been in, you know, mining. It's like it's it's just a really huge, big community of, yeah. of people and using their skills to have that frontline impact. Back with more of Katie Lamb's personalities in a tick.
So you started short back in sidewalks in 2015. Yep. Um, but it was just last year where you won Perth Citizen of the Year and West Australia's Local Hero. So two awards last yep. year. Is that because of short back in sidewalks? How come it took them from 2015 to 2022? Like, is it that just following a journey of how successful it's become? It's funny you should ask. Um, look, I, I got the call from Australian of the Year and um, immediately just, it was like, hello, I'm Anne-Marie, I'm from the Australian of the Year. And I was just like sitting there going like, all right, yeah, oh, no worries, Anne-Marie. Uh, bullshit. <laughs> is this a prank call, Anne-Marie? It's not funny. I thought it was you. <laughs> nah, and, uh, I do kind of sound like an Anne-Marie, don't I? <laughs> Hey, Craig, um, Sam Marie here. <laughs> I don't know what that here was. Um, and then uh, I hung up the phone. And then the next thing was 30 seconds later, the phone goes and it was um, Anne-Marie again. Oh, God. And she was Persistent. like, yeah, you, you don't believe me, do you? And I was like, Anne-Marie, look, I've, um, if that is your real name. Uh, yeah, like you're not fooling anyone, Anne-Marie. No, um, I've played a lot of jokes in my life. And look, this is a really, really good one. I, I actually thought it was one of my mates' mums or something. <laughs> Who who out of your mates' mums would do that? Oh, so many of them. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, all right. But, yeah, and um, anyway, so I thought it was a joke. She said that, it, look, this is, this wasn't a joke. And then I realised it definitely wasn't a joke when um, when I went to the awards ceremony at the Western Hotel. It was like red carpet, all that sort of stuff. Brave of you to rock up oh, after yeah. originally thinking it was a prank. <laughs> Then, then I realised, but that I just had, had absolutely no hope of of winning the award because, uh, like my um, in my category, it was like Professor Leonard Collard. He's like a senior Wajak Noongar elder, de- devoted his life to preservation of Noongar language. Then the guy who invented like the telethon community cinemas that's raised like fifty million dollars uh, for yeah. charity and all that. So I made just like the executive decision. I just got ha- stuck right into the free bar. Right <laughs> Got blind. Yeah. I was just, yeah, like, no. Hey, if I'm not going to win an award, yeah. I'm going to uh, make up for I'm it. I'm going to get my money as well. <laughs> yes. And I really did. Like, <laughs> um, and so much so that when my partner, she was just like, mate, like, she, she was like, if you get up on that stage, like, this is a joke. You've had about 10 glasses of champagne. But the thing was, was like, I actually won. Um, oh, God. And, and then I got up on the stage as the. Slightly tipsy uh, 2022 <laughs> local hero from Western Australia. Everyone thinking, oh, my God, that's that's who we're going to give it to. Yeah. The guy who has drunk yeah. all of the champagne. Yeah, and also the guy who started a charity that gives people haircuts who can't even cut hair. <laughs> Doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, nah, but but look, um, yeah, it, was, uh, it was a fantastic moment, which meant we were then going to Canberra. Um, went to this the the national awards ceremony and you know you're like sitting next to like Grace Tame, Dylan Alcott, uh, Marsha Hines was singing. Oh, like, yeah, it was just uh, Kieran Perkins, Leighton Hewitt, all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, then the next thing was that we went to breakfast, invited to breakfast with the prime minister. What? Yeah, it was mental. Like so, yeah, we were told like got to be on message. Because I think they probably saw me at the previous awards ceremony and were like, we need to tell that guy to be on message because... Yeah, just like try and sober up a bit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. No more, no champagne. This is <laughs> only morning events for this guy. 
<laughs> well, champagne and orange juice. Ever heard of a mimosa? <laughs> like, come on, people. It can be done. But, yeah, like, then the, the next thing was, was, like, you know, Hollywood, you've got to be on message, mate. Like, you've got 30 seconds with the Prime Minister. This is your moment. You know, all, like, try and act normal. There's, like, a million bloody um, microphones. Like, there's about five metres away, there's, like, a, a huge press gallery. There's, like, a, a, a microphone above your head. And sorry, is this just because you won West Australian Local Hero of the Year, so all the people, the winners of each category get flown over to Canberra yeah. and you were there with all these other award winners, right? Yeah, so okay. there's like 32 winners in Australia, so it's like all the states and there's four from each state. So, yeah, so it was like morning tea, there's like secret service, police everywhere, wow. like, you know, you name it. And, yeah, like first thing was, was Prime Minister holds his arm out and his wife and... The first thing I just basically said to him was, like, uh, is that your dog? <laughs> and you hadn't had a drink? No. <laughs> that was so much. Okay, that's what we're dealing with. Um, Maybe that's why you should be drinking. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. And he was like... Is that your dog? What kind of dog was that? It was a schnoodle. Interesting. A, a little black schnoodle. Interesting. Yeah. Name? So, Do we know the name? Buddy. Buddy. Yeah. Would not have picked that to be the Prime Minister's nah. dog's name. Former Prime Minister, actually. So it was... It, former. Yeah. Former Prime Minister Scott Morrison. So he was just like, yeah, that's that's Buddy. And I was like, oh, brilliant. I was like, I've got two dogs. Um, <laughs> one's called Jimmy. One's called Herbie. They're Jack Russells. They're, they're actually in Perth. They, they didn't come with us. Um, they, didn't, they weren't allowed to go on the plane. Um, but yeah, they're sometimes a bit of a pain in the arse. Eh? And, <laughs> And then the next thing you know, it was like the chair of the National Australia Day Committee grabbing your shoulder, going like, and she was a, she's a legend as well, Danny Roche, her name is. She's an Olympic gold medalist in hockey for Australia. She's like, Hollywood, this is not the time to talk about your dogs, mate. Good Australian accent by you. Well <laughs> done. And then she was like, uh, and then I was just like, oh, yeah. So, and then that was it. <gasps> that that was the meeting with the with the prime minister. So oh, so you didn't get to talk no, about it. No, oh, no, you were just chatting about your <laughs> about dogs. dogs. Yeah. Oh. So technically, if you could have that time again, because mm. you only get it what thirty seconds. Yeah. What should you have well, said? Look, I was really lucky because um, no doubt Skymo's listening. So, oh, I, I, yeah. I, I have I've heard both uh, Scott Morrison and um, Albo are um, avid listeners of well, the show. Yeah, big fan. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, look, I, I was very, very lucky because we then got into the garden and look, I, I thought we, we were on, on the naughty table. <laughs> yeah. Because um, to my right was uh, Grace Tame, <laughs> to my left was the um, another Tasmanian Australian of the year. We were at the back, um, yeah. just out of out of sight. Mm-hmm. But then um, I just got a tap on the shoulder again. Lots of tapping on the shoulders yeah, okay. at these things. And uh, Danny Roche, the, the chair of the Australia Committee said, Hollywood, the prime minister wants round two. <laughs> There you go, and, see? And she was like, and don't stuff it up this time. Yeah. So anyway, when I went across to see Scomo and he was like, oh, hey, it's the dog guy. The dog guy. Well, yeah. at least he stood out. Yeah, exactly. And that was it. Look, and the message is, I guess, in that situation is is be yourself. Um, yeah. You don't have to be on message all the time. Granted, it's helpful um, at, at certain <laughs> times. But, you know, be yourself. And look, and because I was myself uh, and spoke about dogs, but, th- but then I, I, I did <laughs> tell... Prime Minister, why I was there, and about short back and sidewalks, and we were given um, a pre-election agreement by the Liberal Party um, for some funding. Wow, which is amazing, and we were one of the only not, uh, charities actually there that they they ended up giving um, any money to. So, and then luckily we managed to get the Labour Party to acknowledge that uh, grant by the Liberal Party, and 
So we had two, um, both major Australian political parties who'd backed short back and sidewalks in regards to the work that we're doing. So the question being, what would I do? Have a mix between dogs and, and strategy. Back with more of Katie Lamb's personalities in a tick. So just this year, you've become a TEDx speaker. Yep. So what do you... What dogs. do you speak... <laughs> Just get up and talk about dogs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ted, speaker of 2023. Yeah. Where do these talks happen? How do you get into it? Like, how does it work? The one that I did was at the Supreme Court of Western Australia. Oh, wow. And it was about justice. It was It was really quite a... I'm not sure why they chose me. Hey, like when... Because it was a very serious Ted night. It was, gotcha. you know, there was like... Um, there was a lady called Megan Cracker who's... A really, a really amazing woman who is a kind of social justice advocate. There was a lady who had lived experience of being incarcerated, who was doing her Emmy. So it was, it was quite heavy. Yeah. Uh, and then there was me again. Um, <laughs> but look, uh, my, my my TED uh, X talk was. Um, I don't think I'd ever get to say that. Hey. Like, yeah, that's you. crazy. How cool. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. And, and look, it, it was about short back and sidewalks. It was about breaking the stigma. Right. It was about the, the fact that, you know, for us to, as a society to progress, we do have to break the stigma that's attached to people in need and, and, and also that message of connection, really, and, mm-hmm. and how uh, a conversation can really change the world. So does that just happen for this year? Do you continue on in the years to come or is it something that you get invited of like for one year, I think each TEDx talk has a theme. So that it, so right. yeah, so that that was it, justice, and then they put it onto their website with like with like sixty million people on YouTube or something like that. That are I don't think sixty million have watched my one. <laughs> they but, should if you like yeah, dogs. Yeah, if you, if you like dogs and <laughs> and and just people talking just crap like like, um, <laughs> like this one's for you. What um, other opportunities have sort of come from you doing TEDx? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been huge. We're, we've done a lot of, um, we've actually just, um, which I can actually say publicly now, Short Back and Sidewalk yesterday was um, given its first uh, Lottery West grant. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, which was a, a really huge journey. And so, so there's things like that that are going on. It, it does give you an opportunity, obviously, to, to get in some different rooms um, and talk to other people about dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, it's, I think... Being able to do something like a TEDx talk was really an amazing opportunity. And from what I gather, they heck, they kind of have to choose you. Yeah. It's almost like this kind of underworld of things that are going on. Mm. And then the next thing you know, you get a message from the, the TEDx person. Yeah, wow. But mind you, though, like you can actually get onto their website as well. And, and if you've got like an idea, like you can you can kind of pitch it. But yep. it's more about ideas and, and, and things like that. It's certainly, my, my life's certainly kind of turned upside down a little bit in, in the last couple of years. So what does your day-to-day look like? I, I work for a company called Acom, um, right. and they are uh, an engineering consultancy. So I am currently working on two major Metronet projects. Which, right. Yeah, so it's kind of civil engineering and digital engineering and, and all that God. sort of stuff. So you you run this charity, yeah. but you're, you're working full-time in an engineering business. <sighs> Sounds exhausting, but it all started. You were DJing. Yeah, I know. Like that's that's another. And you're thing. a comedian. When were you DJing? Was this what? like many moons ago, or I wouldn't exactly go as far as calling it a rival radio station. Right. What was it? What was it? You can say it. RTR FM ninety two point one. Yep. And I used to host a show called Full Frequency, which was more based around electronic music and. 
techno and, and all right, that sort of right. stuff back when I was a bit younger. Yeah, oh, it kind of started there, like doing volunteering at radio and, you know, and that's how it kind of shot back and sidewalk started. And then there was also the DJing as well. So I think the DJing in general was like, I think everyone wants to be a DJ. Well, everyone kind of did. Maybe, yeah. maybe not anymore. Yeah. I feel like people go through a phase where they want to be a DJ because the lifestyle looks amazing, really. But it's not. No. No, it's like, it's tiring. Yeah. And, it, and then you miss things, like you miss bloody, like everything because you're DJing or you're preparing to DJ or you're like asleep because you've been DJing. And nine out of ten times, especially with like gigs and stuff, it's, you're not covering yourself in glory. It's like, right, you're, in, you're at the 4 a.m. slot or something. Right, gotcha. And, and to be fair, like when I look back at it, I'm just like, nowadays I just couldn't do that. Like, <laughs> I, I, Were you in your like 20s, early 20s yeah, kind of doing it? Yeah, and early 30s. So you did a fair stint then yeah. doing DJing. Well, like I was, I was really lucky like with the DJ and I used to like get to play at like Stereosonic. Oh my uh, God, really? F- future Music. Hilarious. Southbound, Summer Days. What was your DJ name? Just Craig Hollywood. Craig Hollywood, strong name. Like Hollywood, that's the coolest last name that anyone can have ever. Well, I remember one time. That sounds like a stage name. You know what I mean? It like does. DJ Hollywood. Exactly. And then, like, one of my friends actually, who, um, Gemma, who used to be a, a presenter on Triple J, she came up to me. I've, I'd known her for about 15 years, and she was just like, Hollywood, how cool would it be if that was your actual name, huh? <laughs> You're like, and I was like, Gemma, it's my real name. <laughs> and I was like, how much of a knob did you think that I was? <laughs> Calling <laughs> yourself Hollywood? Yeah, like that would be lame. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, even though it's like it's all just, it seems a bit random, it's, mm. it's kind of, I think there's, there's a lot of synergy in it all and, and that is connection and meeting people and talking to people and having a laugh. Back with more of Katie Lamb's personalities in a tick. Well, speaking of having a laugh, uh, you also dipped your toe in comedy as well. So you were the winner. Perth International Comedy Festival 2015. Comedy virgins do stand up. (laughs) You were the winner for that. I'd seen a friend of mine. He had put his hand up for it. And and I I didn't put my hand up for it. And anyway, like a really good friend of mine... And he'd done it the year before and he'd got all, everyone to come and see him and it was at mm. the Rosemount. And he just like bombed, hey, like, like oh, so no. hard. And I, I like, I, I just felt this like, as if, you know, we're like watching like a family member, like just embarrass the shit oh, out of themselves. gosh, yeah. yeah. It would be like my biggest fear. Oh, it was terrible. And like, so he, he gave it a crack and then like we went outside and it was almost like a, yeah, like a moment of intervention or something. He was like standing there shaking and he was like, how did, how did you reckon that went, man? And I'm like, not great. Man, that, that could have been better. <laughs> it could have been. Yeah. You could have better. You could have practiced. Yeah. <laughs> Did you make that up on the spot? Because that you, was. You could have tested yeah, that. Yeah, tested out. So I kind of said to him at the time, I said, look, if this ever happens again, like if, if there's ever this comedy virgins competition or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I said, I'll, I'll do it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take one for the team. And, and, um, and yeah, and it was like, they got like local people, people in like music, people who are doing radio, and yeah, and I, I ended up winning. That's awesome. Do you remember like bits of what you spoke about? Yeah, I do actually, and I didn't tell any jokes as such. I just kind of told stories. Didn't stories, it? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, um, the listeners will probably t- tell that I'm not from Perth. Yeah, yeah. Or, originally, really. yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, and when I when I came over here to um, to Australia first time. People would hear your accent and they'd go like, oh, man, like, whereabouts are you from? 
it's it's norm it was normally in a toilet that you get asked that question yeah oh that's uh, were your pants on or off oh well <laughs> half on yeah and it was like oh mate you're like you're from Scotland like you got it you're gonna have to come and speak to our table like like because we've we've all been to Scotland and then the next thing you know you're out there talking to like people like after you've met someone randomly in the toilet and it's like <laughs> this guy's from Scotland and then almost every single time someone will just be like do you know Dave. <laughs> And I'm like, hang on a minute, like Dave from Scotland. Oh, look, you're gonna have to narrow that down a little bit. Yeah, you know, is there know? a surname we can? Yeah, discuss? but yeah, Dave from Scotland. Um, so that 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 was one. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of stupid stuff. Yeah, I think as well, lots of comedians nowadays, it is more about storytelling as opposed to just getting up there and sort of saying joke, joke, joke. Um, so if you do have an interesting past or whatever, and you can tell a good story, then. Yeah. That's what makes a great radio presenter, as you were, and comedian. And so that's um that's amazing that you actually got up there and won it. What did you win? Uh, a trip to Rottnest Wajimup. That's amazing. Yeah. So what's next for you? Where to now? And no limits. So look, we've we've recently we've hired a, a CEO. So it's the first paid staff member, which is a real a really huge thing. So big shouts out to Natalie, who's came on board. She was the former CEO of the Black Swan Theatre. Right. So, um, yeah, it's like getting getting pretty serious. We've mm. changed our board of directors. So the, we've drafted a new board in, which we've got some some pretty serious people on it. So that was a really a big achievement as well. So I think the next thing is, is just to ensure that short back and sidewalks can be sustainable. So we're currently in talks with a few sort of bigger hair industry bodies and being able to engage the hair industry so they can be involved, but also um, tick off their um, social objectives by assisting short back and sidewalks and like we've got ideas in regards to hair products and, and whatnot and most people are going to use a hair product or a, or a beauty product at some stage mm-hmm. and a percentage of that we are you know we wanted that to be able to go to short back and sidewalks and in turn it, by washing your hair or applying a product of some sorts then it gives you the opportunity to help so there's like that that's one of the the big goals personally i think like over the last nine years it's just been really really crazy and and i I think maybe just having a bit of a chill out (laughs) in the future you just want to be able to literally rest a little bit well you sound like you've you've done everything from as we said djing to uh comedy to you're doing engineering you've got short back and sidewalks which is absolutely taking off as well as just day-to-day life um, and winning all of the awards. It's great to know that people like you are living in Perth doing really big things. So congratulations and I I can't wait to follow this journey and I hope it explodes and you get everything you want from it. Thanks so much. And look, it's it's an absolute honour to be on here. I didn't think of myself as a personality, but... But, you know, like it's, it's, it's another thing. And, yeah, in, in all honesty, it's, it's been fantastic. Thanks very much. Another award you're going to win, personality of 2023, Craig Hollywood, everybody. <laughs> that was another of Katie Lamb's personalities. Subscribe to the Rush Hour with Embers and Katie podcast in the Listener app to hear more from Triple M's Rush Hour.